0: Welcome back to another episode of On the Bench with Beaks. This is number 58, and we're standing at the pearly gate of Hockey podcasts, Yes, I am your host, Cody Beekman, and with me, as always, is Ross Moormeyer. Hey, how's it going, y'all? And we've got Bryce McMillan today. Hey, what's up? Hello. Today, we've got a small crew, a good crew. Uh, We're going to talk a bunch of hockey. Uh, Lately, we've been kind of neglecting just talking about the NHL in general, so... There's been some incredible amount of things going on lately, so we're going to get into it uh, with uh, Hockey Day in History. So, without further ado, Ross, kick us up with Hockey Day in History.
1: Yeah, let me just pull it up here real quick, boys. And uh, yeah, May 14th, 2002. It, It mentions one of our favorite greatest goaltenders, and I know you're. You and I have our boy um, in here. So let's see this. Uh, Curtis Curtis Joseph recording his 14th career playoff shutout. And... Alexander Mogilny. Yeah, baby. Scored twice in a Maple Leafs 3 0 win against the Ottawa Senators in the Game 7 Eastern Conference Semi
0: Finals. Oh, Alexander Mogilny. Oh, just thinking about him, man. He was so clutch for the Leafs. I have A-pace. McLaren's figure of him. So do I, yeah. Uh, Those Todd Mm McFarlane's are awesome. Yes. Well, and, like, honestly, like,
1: with Mugilney and even Joseph, uh, if you look at their careers and everything like that in a uh, totality sense, uh, God, they've done so much for each club that they've been a part of. Uh, Maybe uh, the Vancouver Canucks, the, you know, Detroit uh, Red Wings, or, yeah.
0: uh, Especially for Toronto Maple Leafs, and that's why it blows my mind with, you know, having Cujo mcgillney um uh, matt sundin on a team they uh, they never won a stanley cup but that just blows my mind Well,
1: that or they hardly ever got a sniff at the damn thing either right. so yeah. i mean it's just yeah it's just mind-blowing just having those story players and stuff like that it's like those dave andertuck guys where they've gone so long without sniffing some hardware then all of a sudden they get the chance and they just latch onto the thing. Oh, yeah. Well, I, you look at Tampa Bay Lightning and what was it, 2000, Was it, no?
0: Yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, yeah, Andrew Chuck won a Stanley Cup with uh, Tampa Bay and the Avs. Oh, did he? Yeah, 95, 96, he was on that team. That's true, yeah. that's true. So, yeah. Well, I mean, so many good players, it just almost seems so wrong to think that they haven't won a championship. Right. All right, Bryce, what do you got there, buddy?
2: Well, Ross, mine's kind of similar to yours. We're talking shutouts during the playoffs. Um, but mine is May 15th, 2002. Patrick Waugh extended his league record with his 22nd career playoff shutout. And Peter Forsberg scored the only goal in the second period as a Colorado 1, won nothing over the visiting San Jose Sharks. In Game 7 of the Western Conference Semifinals.
1: I think we have a hat trick on Patrick Waugh's
0: shoutouts. We have the Canadiens,
1: and then we had Sean last week with uh, his Waugh little tidbit and uh, good old shrimp fried Bryce is, uh, he's aptly named once in a while. Of course, of course. Comes in with the howitzer for the hattie right there. Uh,
0: he'd be helping his shrimp fried Bryce. Got but yeah. the, uh, the Bryce is right on this one. The Bryce is right. That is true. That is very true.
1: You come in with the wah natural hattie on this guy. Oh,
0: absolutely. Oh, well, I mean, it just, it just goes without saying. I mean, Patrick Wah is always so clutch.
1: Yeah, and I probably mentioned it in maybe one of the episodes that in, during the the 90s, he was. Everybody argues, oh, broder, broder, broder. Well, he came in during the 90s. Yeah. Patrick Wall was the most dominant goaltender between the 90s and then the 2000s eras. If you put both of them together, without question. Oh yeah.
2: Exactly. And I, it, ironically, I had in O2, I had a middle school teacher, Miss Van Boren, who was a big Sharks fan at the time, and we had this big old like kind of this just repeated argument over who's better the abs the sharks because she's from california oh yeah and you know i remember oh two being a big year obviously you know just because of you know it was a the Sharks, and then you're we thinking we're going to have, maybe even getting you know two two cups in a row yeah a repeat. and on a repeat but yeah it was sad to see the sharks win that series but to see well, forsberg obviously doing his thing too is pretty cool about this one as well
0: Ah, oh, I mean, Fopa. Yeah. What, uh, I mean, what, what can you say about the guy I that mean, he, he lived for those big moments? Well, and wasn't
1: that, uh, that wasn't Arthur's time. That was uh, Nabokov, uh, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. And he was always just as, I don't know, it was weird. He was like kind of like one of those Mika Kipra soft like, goaltenders where he never got any hardware. He got yeah. a little close enough. ...for their careers, but they were just always just holy terrors in the net. Yeah. Like, you could count the night in, night out that they were going to play their best game that they could.
0: Especially against the Avs.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, and then also, like, I don't know if that still holds statistically to this day, but I'm pretty sure it does even though they're on the slump, but uh, the Shark Tank is one of the stati- one of the most hardest places to win in statistically.
0: Well, yeah, it's in the, the NHL. Yeah, it's one of those old school uh, arenas that everybody's just right on top of you. Yeah. And it, it's loud because it's smaller. You oh, know? yeah. Alright, I'm going to round this one off here. Uh, May 15th, 1995, Vancouver set an NHL playoff record for fastest two shorthanded goals by one team. When Christian Rutu and Jeff Kortnoll scored within a span of 17 seconds during a 6-5 win over the Blues in Game 5 of the Western Conference quarterfinals we're all talking playoffs here yeah this is a great segue
1: oh yeah oh yeah Well, i mean it's all playoff hockey right now all the time right now Bryce. but well not <laughs> not with this season but yeah usually we're deep and hot and heavy in the playoffs as dana was said before so but yeah i love getting these because it's like we're the true stars and the true superstars actually like truly shine and you get to actually hear their stats or you read over like what they've done for certain franchises and it's you have these names like curtis joseph or anybody like that that just pops up consistently you know who the guys that shone during the playoffs were
0: and, and what, also, what I like about it is that you get to hear about guys that don't normally, you know, get a lot of praise, like, and how the important things that they did in the playoffs, like, led to championships and stuff like that. So uh, I, I love hearing about that, too.
1: Like your Dustin Pinners with, like, your overtime goals and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. It's right. like,
0: you know, your Stefan Yells in, like, game seven of uh, the St. Louis Blues. Yeah. You know, overtime or whatever. You know, it's, it's just fun to hear about, you know, the the guys that don't normally get a lot of praise the unsung, and,
1: yeah the unsung heroes that are often sung about now
0: yes exactly <laughs> now that uh, now that uh, some scrappy podcast is talking about him <laughs> uh. alright so uh, I do have the honors of doing uh, the player spotlight this week and I want to talk about Marty natures of the Carolina Hurricanes um, what to say about Marty Nechez, I mean, um, first round pick in twenty seventeen by Carolina, twelfth uh, overall. Um, he this guy's has come in. I mean, uh, he started out with the team last year, played a bit, uh, played a bit with Carolina, finished out the season in um, the AHL. This year, he's came out firing on all cinder- cylinders. Oh, yeah. He is exactly what rod uh rod brindamore once out of his players the man i mean he's he's been stepping up on all angles of the ice i mean he's been playing pk he's been playing power play i mean it doesn't hurt the fact that he's playing with sebastian aho right now especially I uh, especially i mean with all the injuries to Tavo Terra this year but i mean he has stepped up in such a big way, and I—it's—I I mean, every every time you look at the score sheet these days, you're seeing Marty is all over it. I mean, uh, four points in his last five uh, goals, assists. Even a short-handed goal this this past week. I mean, the I mean, it's not just been this week that I mean. Uh, honestly, if you want to look at his number from this past week, it's been a little more pedestrian compared to his entire season. But I feel like he really needs, uh, like he really needs a little bit of a spotlight here because, yeah, I mean, you uh, draft a kid like Natchez, I mean, first round, second overall, and then. Uh, he comes in his second year and he's just blowing it away right now. And that, like, like I said, Rod uh, Brendamore loves the way he plays. Obviously, he's getting put in all these situations, and we're looking at uh, a team that's fighting for the president's trophy right now.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, you know, yeah.
0: uh, after all, like you know, uh, after last year, almost like almost missing the playoffs at, at some points uh, in time. I mean, that he has added so much to this lineup. Just like I said, I mean, just especially because Tevo Teravainen has been dealing with so many different injuries.
1: But you can also learn off all these different players like Dougie Hamilton, uh, Nito um yeah, and Ajo, and even Stahl, as you've said. But um, it's just he has a lot to bring into the team, but... Yeah, he has a lot to learn from those actual players and oh. superstars that are playing with the actual hurricane
0: right now. And I mean, it's 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 totally clear that his ears are open and his eyes are too. Like he's like just like you said, he's learning a lot from the more veteran players. Like it's uh, this kid's this kid wants to play and he plays hard. And I gotta say, Marty, uh, Martin H.S., I mean, good on you, man.
2: I mean. I have to say about him is just the fact that, you know, he's he's a big dude, six two, he's heavy, one eighty-nine, he's young, he has tons of treads in the tires too. Oh yeah. So he's only twenty two years old. And what I'm seeing from the face-off circle is amazing. He wins what I'm saying here is about sixty-nine percent of his face-offs. Yeah. Which is awesome. And this one year, in this last year, out of fifty-two games, fourteen goals, twenty-seven assists. Huge. Yeah. So what he does, is he sets players up. He's good in the breakout. He knows his position very well. And at the end of the day, he's in the corners and he's giving out these dishes in the front of the net, which are fucking perfect.
1: But also with that yeah. plus, mi- it, he's defensively responsible too. Plus, and 27, his plus, minus is plus twenty-seven. Last yeah.
2: year was plus twenty-one. Yeah. He, good things so happen when he's on the ice.
1: Defensively minded on that side of the puck, because people, if, I mean, you don't know hockey, it, they give the pluses to the people who can come back, break up plays, do positive things, and usually it's like the defensive sound, like plays that they're giving these pluses to.
0: And I mean, when you think about, you know, who Rod Brendamore was a player, that's what he was, he was a de- defensively responsible uh, forward, and he, he always made sure the home was uh, protected before anything happened on the offensive side. And I really think Marty's actually really followed followed in his footsteps with uh, with just the way Rod Brendamore wants the game played and what he expects from the from his players.
1: Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Like for you to go out and like this speaks volumes too. If you're speaking in that aspect as well to Beeksy, that. Rob Brandamore had this plus minus throughout his whole career. It wasn't for stints people. Like yeah. it was throughout his whole career he consistently had like a twenty plus minus.
0: Yeah, it's like it's not it's not like, oh yeah, every oh, now it and was then. a fluke.
1: No, no. It was you know, he consistently do did that. And to have a kid that's that young coming in and doing that consistently in the last two seasons, I mean the The sky's the
2: limit for the kid.
0: Oh, he understands the game far beyond his years for sure. I agree.
2: And when you look at his stats, we're talking a 53-game season right now. He has 41 points. What if we had an 82-game season? I think this guy is going to have at least over 90 points.
0: Oh. I, I can see it. I mean, uh, this guy, uh, I could, like, you know, honestly, I could probably see maybe even a 30 goal year. No. If not, next year, for sure, as long as he keeps uh, doing the exact same thing he's doing now. Oh,
1: yeah. On well, these shortened seasons that he's coming, like, God, uh, I mean, if he steps up like he has now, the plus and the points that he's going to put up are huge. And Carolina, if they keep him around, they're going to be a threat. Like, uh, not, I'm not talking to tiny threat people. It's going to be, they're going to be huge.
0: Oh, juggernaut,
1: almost. Oh, oh, yeah, especially if you keep all these story guys around, like your Terravines and your Ajos, and, I mean, yeah.
0: I mean, that first line is just a terror, man. I oh, yeah. And uh,
1: well, the back the back end ain't nothing to scratch at either. Oh,
0: not at all. I mean, it just, everything really seems to be working out for Carolina right now, and I think Marty Natchez is a huge part of that. Oh, yeah. So, player spotlight, Marty, keep doing what you're doing, Natchez. All right, boys. So we got a lot to talk about. Um, uh, we've decided to, you know, take a focus on what's happening on the NA- in the NHL these days. I mean, we haven't done one of these. We normally have a guest on talk about some aspects of hockey, but today, um, well, there's just so much going on. And first of all, I want to, I uh, we just kind of want to touch on uh, Coach Osh. Uh, TJ, oh, she's uh, unfort- uh, dad unfortunately passing over the last week. Um, huge deal, obviously. I mean, when um, went back when the Washington Capitals won the cup, and you know, TJ had that super emotional interview about how you know his dad was uh, starting to get dementia, and like he was just so thankful that this would be one of the things that. You know, his dad would remember, you know, tears in his eyes. So, you know, it's it's clear this kid's got a, a great relationship with his dad. A huge yeah. respect there. And so, uh, unfortunately, he did end up passing this uh, past week. But what does TJ go go and do? He goes out and scores a hat trick three days later for his pops. Like, that is just huge. And three days play. later, three goals. Yeah. And, and to see the emotion...
2: After that, and the support from his teammates, knowing what happened, hey, man, just three games later, he scored three goals and the support of, you know, just the whole team. Like, Whoa. hey, we love you. We understand the situation. Like, this is awesome. And like, I think what a fucking big bounce back. You look at athletes and you think about how you have to fucking think how you have to overcome a lot of these issues. You know, not just death, but how you just deal with adversity. And uh, I think he did it very well. Well, and
1: even, like, hats off to not even, like, the fans, but the Capitals organization, because they changed the goal song just for that night for T.J. Oshi. If he scored a goal, they changed it from their normal one, which I forget what it is, to Country Road, which that was him and his dad's, like, favorite song together.
0: Yeah, that's huge. And then huge. they
1: won, and they played that in the locker room. Like, I mean, that doesn't speak volumes to how tight-knit of, a, like, An organization that they are with their players, or any organization is, I mean, that. Yeah, you're, you're blind. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely, and, and yeah, that's that's really huge. That just shows that the Washington Capitals organization really does care about their players. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, I mean, on such an emotional night, such an emotional time, just like how Bryce said, I mean, that's a lot of adversity. You know, you, like uh, I've, uh, you know, I, I'll say this to the day I die: is that a lot of, a lot of fans in any sport really don't look at uh, these. Pro athletes as real people—they almost seem as robots. You know, they—they're just supposed to go out and do exactly what is expected of them every night, even though. Terrible things happen in their lives too. They're people. They have yeah. feelings and emotions, and you know, bad things happen to everybody. And uh, for Oshi to go out there and really just rip it up was—I mean, that's that's just that's huge. Yeah, that's, well, a, that's an emotional time. Like that's—I mean—and what a way! What a great way to send off his pops too.
1: Oh yeah. Well, and even I can attest to the, like the whole dementia thing and everything with my grandpa, who had just passed in this last year. But I mean, that's just a huge thing to just like go from seeing them that the person that they are to like it's not like it could be slow or it could be quick like just the depletion of like what they were yeah and it's just nuts and then being able to like like being able to just relinquish that right at the end and just know that they're at peace and everything like that that's just like a huge thing and it's like a, I don't know it's weird because it's like you're happy for them, but at the same time, you're just kind of sad that they're gone at that time, too. Oh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a whirlwind
0: of emotions, yeah, for sure.
1: And just seeing him do that, I mean, you add that, you know, the little uh, sugar on top, you know. I mean, it's it's just a good send-off and just a good, you know, thing to have to happen after that, I guess. Oh, there, yeah. There's gold at the end of the rainbow, I guess. But, yeah, yeah it's just... Just coming from that side of it, I can only imagine what he went through. That,
0: so. Oh yeah, and I mean, huge thoughts go out to all, all the Yoshi family, and and I gotta say, that's I mean, so glad it could have ended up like that. Oh know? yeah,
2: oh yeah. As an athlete, just I appreciate the adversity and the way he ever came in. So. Absolutely. It's never hard. I'm not. I've never been through losing a parent, and yeah, you know, my parents have, you no. Know, they brought me my hockey life you know I think my parents and I even look at Ryan Miller and what you know he went through like seeing his parents like put him on skates the, the first time and then after the last game he ever had with the Ducks like seeing him in tears the hat falling off his head and his parents being like, dude, we've been here for you the entire time. you yeah. <laughs> watched your entire career. It was, it was for me, kind of heart-wrenching.
0: Yeah. yeah. If,
2: if I was to be in that position, I'm thinking, you know, like, wow, like, I had a career in the NHL with supportive parents who lived through my whole entire career. Like, thank yeah. you so much. And I feel like, even on Mother's Day, you know, I think right now on Mother's Day we're recording this episode coming out Friday, but... I think for all the hockey moms, that was a heart-wrencher. <laughs> you can right. watch that yeah. for sure. It was oh, just yeah. like, oh my god. My son's last game, I put him on skates. Like, What an amazing feeling. And also a conquering feeling for Ryan Miller, too, as well.
0: Right. Yeah. And that that actually leads us into Ryan Miller. I mean, obviously, that's another thing that's happened in this week is that Ryan Miller has announced his retirement. He goes out and wins his last two games as a hockey player. And, and I mean, yeah. you've got you've got the fans. You've got the other teams coming over and greeting him and saying thank you and and uh, like. Uh. Uh, saying he's had such a great career and yeah, having his parents there, I mean that's a great. I, I mean that's a great, great feel good story. You know, it, it yeah, is.
2: they're there for his first and they're for his last. Yeah. Like, and he's so you can just tell in that video he was so appreciative of their support and the money they put in because <laughs> it's not cheap. Oh um, no, <laughs> we all know hockey's not cheap. But
1: I mean, yeah, and even that, like, just knowing, like, having the expectations going in to that whole entire like his career starting and all that and then him yeah the investment of hockey the investment of hockey but just to see the fruition of it because he's one of the granted he doesn't have all the hardware which i wish he did because his skill set and his wins and his shutouts like he's the winningest american goaltender like in history yeah. of hockey like
2: one thing I want to bring up is Do we see a, a Brett Favre scenario with Ryan Miller like do we see him coming back and maybe trying to win a cup do you think it's really the end for him I think for his career it might be too I, soon God. I think I think he can get at least f- three to four more years in personally
1: so you're talking about almost Andre uh Mark Andre Fleury kind of fucking yeah and like yeah. it could
2: happen
0: he's not that old I don't know. I don't think he would, announce, uh, he, uh, he would announce his retirement. I mean, he's had at least, what, a 14-year f- career at least. in the NHL? Yeah. And I got to say, I mean, he's been moved around a lot. And, I mean, just because he doesn't have all the hardware does not diminish how incredible No, that's what career. I'm saying. Like, Absolutely he's not. The,
1: he don't have the hardware completely, but he's one of the, like, Winning his school tenders in American history. And that's nothing to, nothing to scratch at at all.
0: No, not at all. Like,
1: and that's the thing that I want to get down to is just watching him from first game to now in the NHL, in the show. Well, well that, as
2: a Ducks fan, how do you feel about oh, it? Is dude, it?
1: He, he couldn't have ended it on a better note, getting a win at home for his last home game ever and then a win away for his last game ever. I mean, that just speaks volumes to his actual whole entire career as a whole, and that's not even as a Ducks player. That's as the Blues, that's as the Sabres and uh, the actual Canucks and stuff. I mean, he did dirt for all of them, Uh, the Sabres more so, but, I mean, he never was illly talked about. He was always a presence that you would accept in the locker room. He was always that sound voice. He was always that confidence in the net. If you knew you had Ryan Miller, like you and I were even surprised, even Sean was, when the Ducks got Ryan Miller. It's like a, as a backup, i take him for that much and in a heartbeat. Oh, like yeah. if the Abs were in that position, they'd take him in a heartbeat. Like he's just, as I said, his pedigree is just bar none. And just the way that he ended his career is part of none either. I, mean, I agree. You, you yeah. wish that he got that cup maybe this year, this last year, do like a Mark Recchi get a cup or a Ray Borg and finally get his cup in his last season. But, you know, you can't always have those tear jerking tier, stories, but you always wish that they had that opportunity. Right. So,
2: and some of his trades, too, were kind of comp, you know it was it was a little dramatic some of his trades were and a lot of it was to do with coaching right and you know speaking of the next topic it was be be coaches but a lot of coaches talk in last week in terms of you know firings and mutual agreements with the co- with the coyotes and well yeah other in teams
0: the, in the season you know you're gonna start hearing more of these coming out and uh just just recently i mean uh john tortorella and the club was Blue Jackets have mutually agreed to part ways, and so has Rick Talkett with the Arizona Coyotes. As of about six hours ago. Yeah. yeah. And um, you know, one that the actually Rick Talkett actually really surprises me because he's done great work with the Arizona Coyotes in the last in the last year, uh, four or five years that he's been coach. I mean, he's he's really kind of just stepped up and been such a sound voice in that locker room and has really shaped a team out of. Uh, Let's say maybe not the best players in the league.
1: No, it'd be like as we say uh, at our job sites and everything. Well, you just got to take chicken shit and turn to delicious chicken soup into it.
0: Yeah, there you go. No, and yeah, yeah. basically that's what he did.
1: No, I'm serious. Like no, I fully. Agree. And he's always done that with teams.
0: Oh yeah, like, I mean,
1: I don't know why they parted ways. It, it like the whole move kind of confuses me, unless like they have something that's in the bigger picture that I'm not seen for the organization.
0: I, you know, honestly, I, I don't think so. I, I mean, you've you we've heard so many rumors about how how terrible the upper management is going going right now. I mean, there's so much drama, yeah. and just really weird shit that's going on with the oh. Arizona Coyotes so. upper management. I I would I would assume I, like in my mind, <laughs> I would think it was actually ultimately talkett's decision to walk away.
1: It could have been, yeah, and basically like uh, what is it the Pens with uh, their. What is it? The GM I think is what it was that walked away earlier today. Oh, or earlier this year.
0: Oh no. Um well no, the Rangers just fired uh Davidson and um uh, Jesus. Uh Garten? Yeah. yeah. Well no,
1: I'm talking about the Pens, uh they didn't want to move. Crosby and Latang. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and
0: then, uh, Stall and Burke came in. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So, um,
1: kind of the same thing, though, with the Rangers as well. And they bring it, they do a two-for-one basically.
0: Yeah, well, you they bring get in a story player, yeah.
1: player and that meant a lot to the, the actual, like, yeah, team itself. So, and, uh,
0: I mean, with these coaches walking away, um, and not, not to mention, um, Seattle coming in and needing a coach, too, uh, I wanna I wanna get your guys' opinions on it, who goes where for, for coaching jobs. And let's start with let's start with Columbus. Um who do you guys think would be a very good fit for a Columbus Blue Jackets team that's really kind of in a bit of disarray?
2: For me, I feel like Bruce Boudreau would be a great aspect for that team. Yeah. He's out right now, he's a free agent as a coach. And I think Bruce Boudreau would be perfect for them, to be honest. This is one of the few times that I'm gonna
1: actually agree with Bryce because I almost <laughs> like yeah, I almost said Bruce Bruce Boudreau. Like I he did a lot for the Ducks in a rebuild year. He's done a lot for the Minnesota wild. I mean and he the Maple did Leaves. and the Maple Leafs. he did a lot for the Capitals when he was there. Yeah, like he's always been a good coach to just have a team that you want to build like a decent like I don't know, core or core values well, I guess like yeah. uh, Bruce is your guy. You can get yeah. your basic just you can get your concrete steel and everything off of him
2: and then build off of that. For me personally, other maybe Mike Babcock again or Jim Montgomery. Oh, Jim, Jim Montgomery, Jim Montgomery huh? from DU. He was at the Stars for a little while. Yeah, but I think what he did with Stars. He had a team that was already built pretty for him. If he had the opportunity to really kind of build a team that he wants around him, I think he would have a great
0: opportunity as a coach.
2: I really I do. I agree like, with that.
0: I like, I like the Bruce Boudreaux idea because I think uh, Bruce, rather than John Tortorella, he can handle more, like, outgoing, um, outgoing you know, characters, you know, like, like a Patrick.
1: people. Like, yeah. a,
0: like a Patrick Line, you know. I feel like he... Um, he has a better, uh, better way of um, containing the, uh, you know, just like the hotheadedness or he, he has a gift bad gab, attitude. Yeah, basically. And I think I, I see John Tortorella as just. I mean, yeah, he, he is that blue-collar, like work your ass off kind of coach. But he also has a very volatile side to him that oh. is super off-putting. And I mean, you've heard so many different uh, players that have moved on from Columbus saying that that. Uh, Torts is a very volatile kind of guy. and Not, not even from Columbus either, either well, not yeah, to interrupt I mean, you. Well, yeah, I just anywhere every he's team. been, and, I mean, he's been around.
1: He's not, you know, he doesn't deal with the cotton and the fluff around everything. He's brash. He's blunt. He tells it how it is, and if you don't fit in with the system, as I've said before, he don't give a shit. He's benching you.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying coddle the, the players, but, I mean, you do need to put them in check in the right way. Yeah, yeah. Well, what I want to say is,
2: you know, all these free agent coaches could easily be a coach for Seattle. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so you're looking at, like, a lot of these teams right now better hop on the bandwagon if they want to get some of these coaches. But I (laughs) think... Right now, it looks like Boudreau is going to be the coach for the Seattle team.
0: See, yeah, Seattle's but kind of difficult because I mean, you don't re- uh, you don't really have a team right now. You don't really no. know have an identity. I mean, you've got a team name. You've, I mean, you got Ronnie Francis in the front office. I mean, huge get for with Ronnie Francis. I oh, mean, yeah. he's got a wonderful hockey mind. So yeah, in Seattle, it's a little more difficult to really think about what uh, who would uh, fit in as a coach at this point.
1: Yeah. Well, and I've even, like, on some of the pages and everything, there's people that are on the Ducks pages that are calling for the firing of Dallas Eakins. And I, they're I, wanting I, us to pick up Tortorella. I'm like, oh, oh my.
0: You know, honestly, I don't I'd rather I
1: don't, do. I, I, I'd rather do Arizona's coach, honestly, if I, it, I, yeah, you get what I'm sure. saying. Well,
0: see, Talkit uh, talk is that same kind of blue collar guy, but I feel like he. He's uh he's much more knowledgeable in actually talking to the players rather than just screaming oh, at them.
1: Well, him. he has timing intact. He knows what the hell his players want and what they need, and he's going to try to, you know, acclimate his situation to theirs, in a sense. Right. But he's not going to be so brash and blunt about it and be like, Oh hell no! This ain't happening. It's my way or the highway. No, I'll give, you give a little, I'll give a little.
0: Yeah, an in immovable a object meets an meets an unstoppable force. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's how he runs his stuff. It seems like. To be honest with you, I've I've never been impressed with Dallas Eakins as a coach. No,
1: he's been garbage. Like that's probably the worst coach that we've had for the Ducks in... Quite a while. Quite a while. I mean, people are kind of, you know, slouch on him, but I don't know why.
0: I don't know. I'd be getting sick of it, though. I mean, you saw what he did in Edmonton, and it was nothing. No, compared to
1: what Edmonton is now. Jesus Christ. I
0: thought he really set them back uh, before McClellan actually came in.
1: Oh,
0: 100%. Yeah.
1: Like, I don't know what they were thinking, but, you know, the Samuelis can do what the Samuelis want to do. It's kind of like the Rockies out here. They're going to do what they want to do.
0: Now I got a I I've got a name I want to put out there. Actually, I've got two names. Uh, Claude Julien. Oh yeah. I mean he's he's out there right now. Um, we're just ready to get Claude. Has always been a very solid coach, I think. Uh, anywhere he's gone, he's had success, basically, except for Montreal, clearly. And then you got Patrick Waugh, who was just oh, like that's right. had his name, uh, you know, just in the, in in the bright lights lately, saying he would be willing to consider coming back as a coach or a GM. Do you see maybe Seattle or, or hell, even Arizona? I don't know. I don't know if Wall would be a good fit in Arizona. I just don't think it just matches his personality and coaching traits.
1: The way okay, I'm glad that you brought this up with Wall, because I've been thinking about this because with a new up-and-coming team and he's had the main say in everything with Quebec and all of that with the juniors and all that correct well yeah yeah so i mean if he's having a new team come in and he can be the coach and or gm and have what he didn't have in colorado he can have almost his cake and eat it too with a newer franchise coming in right dude that'd be almost like the best situation that you could it would be like Lyptic Dynamite. It would be like the whole entire Vegas situation.
0: Well, yeah, and that's the thing is that, that the reason why he left Colorado is because he wanted to win now. Yeah. But Joe had this huge plan in place, and he didn't want to wait. So you bring you bring Patrick Law into Seattle Kraken and. i looking at
1: my face right now, and I'm just like, oh.
0: Yeah, you get, and you give him free reign to, you know, uh, I mean, him and Ronnie Francis putting together a team together putting a team together, I should say. Um, that's That could be dangerous. That could be very oh, yeah. dangerous.
1: Especially if you do let Watt do what he wants to do. Yeah. Like, as I said, in the Quebec with junior, with the juniors and stuff like that and not what Saku would not let him do. Like, oh, my God. That's could, an interesting thought. You could actually have, like, a legit another Stanley Cup contender here this next year right i mean just be
0: vegas 2.0 if 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 they if they chose right in the uh,
1: and that depends on who they get is the right is you're bringing that in to the right gm the president the whatever if I, you have all these key pieces in the upper office yeah along with your coaching uh, yeah you could definitely anything's possible
0: and i mean what an interesting way to really like stuff uh snuff out a team identity by naming patrick waugh as your as your head coach
1: right like you just know like and i'm quoting patrick waugh on this people he was on the fan he's just gonna put his balls on the table like as always with his play with his coaching with the way that he runs stuff oh yeah he's everything it everything's it's gonna be all in
0: Oh, and, and that's how Patty played, and that's and that's his that his that's his dynamic. mantra, basically. Yeah. <laughs> agreed. So that's it. That's, yeah, interesting thoughts. I mean, there there's still a bunch of really great uh, coaches really out there. I
1: actually like that, and I kind of inkled that thought until you have brought it up to yeah. No, that's brilliant,
0: right there. Uh, I mean, that would be his territory. I mean, getting a pick have uh, f- basically free reign on any guy that he wants out of the NHL right now. That's that's what Patty wanted in the first place with Colorado, so I wouldn't God. If they did that, oof. It'd be interesting. It'd be yeah. interesting. I mean it'd be it'd be a, an experimental thing for sure. But, but if I it mean, actually worked out
1: Holy well, shit, dude. Yeah.
0: That'd be nuts. Yeah. All right, so moving on. um, I, you know, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about this a little bit. I don't want to talk about it too much because, I mean, every hockey media outlet right now has been talking about it. I mean, this happens every year. It's the Tom Wilson debate again. (laughs) Literally every year, you know, he does something that, you know, people are just bitching about the entire time. Um, The one thing I do want to say about it is it – after the reaction from uh, you know the department of player safety and then uh some occurring instances after where you know a game later Goss the Spear you know he cross checks a guy and he goes into the board just really weird after you know gensel scoring a goal and he cross checks him after him scoring the goal you know gost gets suspended for two games after yeah. that which is i mean in in my eyes, I think was way less dangerous than what had uh, transpired against, the, uh, you know, Tom Wilson and Artemi Panarin. Just uh, simply because, A, he didn't, uh, uh, Panarin didn't have a helmet on. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, when you know when you slam a guy to the ice, you don't need to, you know, further, you know, just uh, chuck a nux right into his face when he's on the ice. You know, not even, you know not even facing you, you don't need to do that. It's a bit of overkill. Yeah. You know, and that's dangerous. I mean, especially a guy without a helmet. I mean, this is why, you know, guys can't take their helmets off before a fight anymore because of the head injuries. And I mean, uh, Tom Wilson, you're a fighter, bud. you know that that's dangerous. Yeah. So what, what I'm getting at is I just don't like the consistency of the de- decisions of the uh, Department of Player Sa- Safety,
1: the inconsistencies there. Yeah,
0: the inc- yeah. the. Inc- I mean, yeah, you you charge you charge Tom Wilson five thousand dollars, I mean, okay, that's no that is no sweat off his sack, for any NHL player, and then yeah, two nights later, you know, you 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 suspend Shane Gossesbeer for two games for a cross check,
1: But also Tom Wilson is a repeat offender to yeah. people. Yeah.
0: So a, 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 a numerous r- repeat offender. Yeah. So I mean, all I'm saying is uh you know, do what you do but have some sort of consistency with it. Yeah. You know, and then and then you know, obviously we all know that the New York Rangers come out with that statement and then the NHL fines the Rangers 250k for voicing their opinion about one of their players uh, potentially getting brain damage?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean
0: I, it's it's weird. I I don't know. I I like like I said. I don't want to harp on it too much, but I just I just don't get it.
1: No, as I don't get it either. I mean, especially when yeah, what is it, Buk- Bukovic? or Butchnevich? Butchnevich. He. Yeah, I think he got suspended for, like, a game or so Yeah, as well. for, like, the
0: game after yeah. the The next game that uh, the Rangers and Washington had together. Yeah, he gets suspended for a high-sticking, uh high-sticking yeah. incident.
1: And you suspend him for that, but Tom Wilson, like, I like Tom Wilson for the hard-nosed, like, blue-collar player that he is, but when he pulls his... Jank shit. Yeah. It's when it's ridiculous. Or
0: it's just questionable action. Yeah, it's you know? questionable
1: action because they didn't, I don't feel that they handled the situation properly. It's not like Nathan McKinnon, who has never done anything before, lobbing the Garland's hel- helmet back at him. <laughs> cool. That was five thousand dollars well deserved. Yeah, we're laughing at that, but I mean that whatever. It it didn't do any damage. He was just like, "Haha, uh-huh, I'm going to be a cheeky dick." Basically.
0: Yeah. Well, you're not you're not slamming a guy's head into exactly the ice or anything too. like that. You know, you're like, not
1: going to suspend him for that, but for the high stick, you're going to suspend Bokovic for yeah, you know, one game.
0: And, and that's and that's where the inconsistency is. Where you know you've got these maybe lower tier teams you know getting uh, a, having actual players being suspended for way less like dramatic shit yeah you know and I, I just don't get it but uh then here you go you got Tom Wilson on the Washington Capitals he gets a $5,000 fine yeah when it was way more i mean say what you want about it it was you know that that was definitely some wrestling you know yeah. that, that it was like it was it was borderline questionable you know but, I mean, the, the thing I just want to focus on is, the guy, I mean, Panera didn't have a helmet on. You know, you got Tom yeah. Wilson slamming this guy to the ground. He could have ended the dude's life. Yeah, he oh, could have yeah. killed him. You know? Yeah, that's the thing. could have
1: like a whole ro- uh, and Steve and Moore incident almost the, in a sense.
0: Yeah, in the way he slammed him to the ground, if that head would have been like an inch closer to the ice, that would have been the first thing that hit the ice. I mean, brain damage. I mean, maybe even a broken ice. I, I don't know. I, I just I I just want to see a little more consistency. Yeah. Agreed. I agree. I
2: agree. Because even if you have a helmet on, that should not be allowed. Like, a body slam, regardless, that's a fucking... It's a lot of weight coming down in your fucking... Well, I mean, one point in your body. Yeah, these so. are
0: tiny little people, man. These are 220-pound... Like, exactly.
2: Athletes. And on a 10-pound head like that yeah. is what you're looking at you know, it's just, it's, yeah
0: it's just dangerous and yet uh, there's hardly any uh, backlash from the you know front player safety but then you know the the New York uh, Rangers go and complain about it and they get uh, and the, they get uh, taxed 250k just for uh, saying what they thought about it.
2: Yeah, and the game wasn't that important. Like they're out of the playoffs.
0: <laughs> like this and,
2: isn't even going to be an. Issue. And Washington
0: like, even clinched already. So yeah, it yeah. Was, so I like, mean,
2: like, why are you doing this? There's no point to it. And even if, it, regardless of how, you know, I guess you know, sequential and important the game is, it shouldn't have happened.
0: No, regardless. I mean, oh,
2: and and so, you know, I, I look at this. The Tom Wilson issue. It's. You all saw him got a little knee-to-knee little knee last night, <laughs> you yeah, know, and... That, you yeah. can call
0: that karma, you can call it whatever it is, I mean... Call it whatever it is, yeah. but
2: I think the guy will have deserved it at the end of the day. You know, even when it was not meant to be, it was an accident, and I think the raps even agree with that, you know, it was just a... Happened to be at the wrong spot, at the wrong time, well, in the eyes. Yeah, the knee to
0: you was know? very accidental. I mean, I've, I've looked over it, it a couple was. times. It was accidental. I mean, the, those kind of things happen all the time. And I and I I, I am never one to uh, you know promote a player going out and getting hurt for any reason, you know. And uh, I mean, it, it's it's interesting that it did happen right around this time. But I mean, that's hockey, you know. I mean, you you will get hurt in some way and. But I mean, it wasn't—it wasn't, you know, a WWE slam, you know.
2: I just don't want to see the kind of shit happen in the playoffs. I want the Tom Wilson stuff to end, you know. Obviously, I think he knows that he has been on the radar. He has a red dot on him. Oh, uh, he's been on and, the radar for the you know, last
0: five years of his career. Yeah, so he's, at the end of the day, yeah.
2: I don't think we'll see this happen in the playoffs at all.
0: Well, I mean, to to see that happen in the playoffs, I mean, this is uh, it's huge. You know, I, mean, I think we've all had a time where we maybe lost our cool, especially on the rink. But I mean, at some point, there there needs to be something called restraint.
1: Solidarity.
0: <laughs> right. But nonetheless, I don't want to get too much into it. I mean, like I said, everybody's been beating it, beating this like a dead horse. Oh, the they've head.
1: been riding it like a beaten. Beating it like a dead horse through a ghost town. So yeah, I
0: just, <laughs> I just wanted to get that thought about. Yeah. I just wanted to get the complaint about you know uh, the cons- the inconsistency of these, uh, uh, of the players' safety meetings. I mean, one, one, more, one last thing I'm going to say is that I mean you got you had the uh, San Jose Sharks, Colorado Avalanche game. Where Ryan Graves gets clearly elbowed right in between the eyes by Evander Kane. Yeah. No call. No, no. not even not, nothing else. Then the
2: offsides thing.
0: Well, I mean we're we're just talking about player safety here. We can talk oh, about offsides all day long. Okay.
1: Yeah, you're right. And that was onsides, but I know which play you're talking about. Yeah.
0: But uh so I'm just saying it's just have a little bit more consistency. That was on size, you're right.
1: Yeah, because even though you're skating backwards <laughs> into the zone, as long as you have control of the puck and you're the first player in it the zone, it was
0: onside. So yeah, that, yeah, that's that's something that yeah. actually changed this year, which is an interesting yes.
1: change in itself. It was weird. Yeah, no, everybody was calling it offsides, but I know which player you're talking about. But good, <laughs> that's all I needed to hear. Yeah. Well,
0: speaking of playoffs, um, we we basically have our matchups here. I think we, um...
1: except for the North. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. Vancouver's
0: still in it. Oh yeah, they're they're right in it, buddy. Hot and <laughs> heavy. Oh yeah.
1: I'm sorry, Daniel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's probably he's, when it, if he's, he assist, he's probably he's, he's probably really glad that he's not on this one. Um so yeah, speaking about playoffs, uh we basically have our matches up matchups. So, um I thought it'd be pretty fun to maybe just break those down, give uh give some predictions and uh, call it an episode, boys. So, so where I want to start with I want to, I want to start with the West Division. The West Division is looking pretty meaty. Uh it, so
1: it's not all like fire wagon hockey like up north.
0: Oh man, it, this is it's going to be rough. Uh, like uh, honestly all four teams have uh, have a, a pretty grueling seven games in front of them. So let's start with the number 1 seed and the number 4th seed. We've got the Colorado Avalanche President's Trophy winners, but by, uh, by proxy of two hard-fought, well, I wouldn't say hard-fought games against LA. I was, yeah, it was a bit of a breeze for them, but uh, yeah. So Colorado Avalanche are gonna be playing the fourth seed St. Louis Blues, and uh, well. For one, we didn't even know if the St. Louis Blues were even going to make it into the playoffs, but they got hot at the beginning, at the ending of the season. So, uh, and both teams right at the end of the season, I mean... um Colorado went 5 and 0 in their last 5 uh you know St. Louis has has been like what uh, 8 2 and 1 in their last 11
1: Well, we even talked they're just getting all, they're getting all their key players back in in the lineup as yeah, well
0: getting very healthy and i mean uh Tory Krug's been turning it on and so what do you guys think who wants to who wants to take this one first uh, bryce uh, uh uh break this one down for us
2: yeah so i'll start off with your last comment there you know i don't i understand that the blues have a lot of their their high going guys coming back here pretty soon um but you know i look at the abs you know they they went to the covet thing for a little while and they got almost all their guys back besides calvert you know johnson um i think that uh who else is on the COVID list there, Cody? Oh, uh, uh, Dubnik. Uh, Dubnik.
0: is actually yeah. coming off of the yes. COVID list. He just has to go through his four days of testing. And right. if he's okay, he can come back.
2: All right, so then, so then he's at the abs, get the moisture guys back. And a lot of those guys are coming back before the playoff starts, so they're in the groove. You know, they're getting back to their their, their normalcies, And so, you know, I look at, you know, McKinnon right now, who's obviously been out the last two games, but... The dude, if he just takes off from what he did last last season with the stars and just keeps doing it, he's going to be great. 25
0: um, points in uh, what, what was it uh, – uh, three
1: series. And, and Two series. Oh, well. It was
2: on three series. In the game seven, the last round was when it ended against the Stars. Yeah. In and the, and the third round. And so, you know what? That was almost a Gretzky breaking record. It was had. actually
0: breaking Gretzky's record at the time. Yep. Had he had continued, he probably would have broken it, yes. And so, so, so here I mean, You know, we, we,
2: we're the boys from Denver. You know, obviously, we like to rock the abs. But, you know, at the end of the day... I just think the Avalanche, literally right now, are the best team in in the league. You know, just won the Presidents' Trophy. They're going into it hot, getting most of your guys back after the COVID issue, so everyone's pretty warm. Besides your guys you just talked about who are on the COVID list, right? And so look at that, and everyone's just so hot besides Kadri. If Kadri was on his game, if he was more clutch. And he's a kind of player where I think you know he has to have that kind of competitiveness to the game, where it has to be in the playoffs. It's where, the to, all
0: or nothing kind of vibe. yeah.
2: The quote unquote gamer, you know, right. you know where where that's where he's going to come out and shine. I think, but you know, if Calvert comes back, you know, you have McKinnon. at the top line. Top line is the top line in any fucking league in the nation in, in, in the league per se. Look yeah. at our second line. Second line is the first line in any in any any fucking team in the league. Third line is literally a second line any any team in the league. So I look at this team their depth. The depth is what speaks to me. And I think they're hot right now. All three lines, even to the fourth, even if you look at Newhook who just pops into the lineup, he's looking really good. He
0: has been adding you know, two games as well. He has, yeah, he's
2: played almost five games, he has three apples. You know, I'll take that. And and at the end of the day I think, you know, McKenna back in the lineup, come playoffs. I think that the Avs are going to take this my prediction is the Avs are going to take this in 5 games, if not 4 um, Wow, that's is bold that's, <laughs> it, is a, it, is a, it is a bold prediction but um, at the end of the day you know, you look at the Blues, they're just getting their top players back, just now getting them back, Tarasenko. Um and yeah, you, you, you have O'Reilly He does his thing. You hear him talk some shit, saying, "You know, we're ready for the Abs. We're gonna beat them. We want them." You hear that kind of stuff, but I just, I just don't think that the level that the Abs are playing at is the same level the Blues ever play at right now Wow
0: with their roster.
2: So I'm taking the Abs in that prediction.
0: We have just That's begun. That's a bold we have strategy, just begun Predictions, and that is probably the most bold thing I'll hear tonight. I uh, hope so. Yeah, uh, uh, Ross, what do you got?
1: God, I mean, that yeah, I still can't get over that. But um, you've got the Blues. You got your O'Reilly. He's captaining this Blues team. You got your Petrangelo's. You got your Terrence. Petrangelo
0: ain't playing there no anymore, Not
1: buddy. Petrangelo. Um, got that Perron. My bad. Uh,
0: yeah, Peron. yeah,
1: Perron. Yeah, um, Perron. You got Bennington and net. I mean, Tori Krugs just. Lighten up the whole entire league right now, um, but they've just got a good solid team. They've got that pedigree basically because they most of those guys were there when they won the cup.
0: That they walked into a uh, to a series with Boston uh, being the clear underdogs. Pretty much in that entire season, the they were whole season because they mean, were last what, in, in that whole entire yeah. season. Yeah. yeah, and they come back and because. Yeah, they fight back and win a Stanley Cup uh, So that's uh, that, that thing That as an Avalanche fan is Lingering in the back of my head
1: Yeah, that, oh it is too for me, buddy um, And then, I mean You've just got God, I mean They've shown up the last few games We've got the better record against them this season But Once again, as we all know, boys Regular season Don't mean shit Right. Playoffs, yeah. Yeah. On the um, topic, too,
2: you know, it, it's a shorter season. It's fifty-six games, not eighty-two games. And usually around this time in the year, at fifty-six games, you see teams really kind of picking up, and they find the chemistry. Yeah. And then you kind of decide, you know, who's going to be making the playoffs. But with this short of a season, who knows what's going to happen? Right?
0: Yeah.
1: As I was saying, um, but yeah, the Avs—they're getting everybody. Back off of entry. The only one on COVID protocol is Devin Dupnik. and he has four days, I guess, of quarantine.
0: That's that's well, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, you have this four-day testing period yeah, where you get like all exactly all, like, my bad. Your, pul- your pulmonary tests and all that. Where after, if he gets the okay, he gets to rejoin the team and and stuff like that, or he has to, you know, stay until his. Tests are looking better.
1: Yeah, and then I mean you've got Sawd coming off of an injury. I mean that's been a huge asset. Like he's been kind of the unsung hero, the under the radar kind of guy.
0: Well, yeah, and um, also Byram skating in as skating well. Skating Byram again. and Saad are he's skating. He's going to
1: be huge. Um, Johnson, there's no time or Calvert. Um, so that's I I don't know if that it's going to be a big loss. I'm not going to say huge loss for sure. Um, I could probably say abs. Absent six.
0: Absent six. Wow. Possibly
1: seven. But I think this is going to be a battle of a series.
0: So, my thoughts on this um, it. I mean, obviously, both team has some incredible, incredible forwards. Like a very, you know, solid D. I mean, uh, you got Colton Pareko on the back end with you know Justin yeah. Falk. Oh yeah. And I mean, and I mean, Tom Thomas Dunn once he comes back, uh, and then you've got Kale McCarr, uh, Sammy G, Devon Taves on on the other side there. Yeah. Well, I mean, and
1: don't forget Shen too. I almost forgot to mention well, him. He's starting to play.
0: He's actually Timmons. starting to wake up. Yeah, uh, you know um, Timmins has been playing better lately. But I mean, as I was saying though, like I mean, you've got uh, on one side you've got McKinnon ranting in and, and you know guys like that, and then you you do have these David Perrons that has had the best season he's had so far in his career yeah. this year in and under a 56 game schedule so that's yeah. that's pretty huge too and I mean Jordan Cairo has been playing really well he's it's, been
1: playing out of his mind yeah. I
0: mean this is a good matchup it's gonna be it's gonna be a beefy
1: matchup and then you got Don Skoy our boy with like the whale of the season that he's had now too I mean oh my goodness this is his best season as well
0: to me it comes down to two scenarios One, the goaltending. Obviously, both teams lean more on their starting goaltenders, both on uh, Bennington's side and and the Avs with Grubauer. I mean, Villejuso has stolen a couple games this year and has not looked too bad as a backup to Bennington, but zero experience. We've got Devin Dubnik and Jonas Johansson. Uh, Jonas obviously having no playoff experience and Dubnik having experience but not necessarily showing up very well if one of these teams loses a top goaltender to that could make or break the series for That's true. Uh, whichever team and then my other scenario is will the Avs get to play their, uh, their super fast transition game or will the Blues be able to lay on them for an entire series that's what it comes down to me and yeah, because out of all all the times that you've ever watched these you know these two teams go at it it's either one or the other right It's either the blues lay on the avs and really you know just keep them pinned down yeah. or you know the avs just they they blow them off with the speed uh, the speed and skill game
1: well that's cuz they get in their head right away and they get those good like cuz i love the avs they can get quick in the zone but once they get set up they stay there yeah and they just fire right. off howitzers left and right but if the blues as you're saying play their bug up the neutral shut down hockey
0: yeah sludgy hockey just the sludgy
1: yeah. hockey I mean that's yeah. gonna put a damper on our game
0: so that's that's what it comes down to for me so whoever can continuously play that game and jump on it quickly that's that's who wins this series and I gotta say abs and seven. Avs and seven, a very hard-fought, very hard-fought series. That's that's
2: a good call. I mean, I can definitely agree with that. Um, but what I want to point out, too, is the fact that you like, look at Missouri. The flat land of Missouri didn't come to Denver, Colorado, which is 5,280 feet. And I think the Avalanche have a great capability during the second period. At least half of the second period, they are on their game. They just hit this next level to where they're just clicking in all cylinders. I think a lot of that has to do with just conditioning of the teams. When you're up here a mile above sea level, it's harder to breathe than when we go down as a team. The Avalanche, to other teams, is just a breeze. The second period hits, everyone's unconditioned, especially up here. I think the first two games will definitely go to the Abs, In a weird way, just based on conditioning. But I I can agree with that in six or seven games, Cody.
0: Uh, I'll tell you what, right now, uh, (laughs) if you're waiting until the second period to get your game going, you're losing the game. You need to jump right on top. This this isn't... uh, this isn't regular season game 20 where you know you can wait until the second period to play hockey. You need to be on your game yeah. right away. And that, I feel like the Avalanche have a little bit of a problem with, showing mm. up for games on time. Because you see that a lot where they where you know, halfway through the second period, they start turning it on. They can't do that in the playoffs. No, and can't. It,
1: it's kind of weird because they kind of went polar opposites from this season to last season to where they were most dominant in the first and third period. Yeah. To now they're, it seems like, the most dominant in especially the latter part of this season in the second period.
2: Which my my, my comment to that and my point to that is a lot of the times you see some teams score the first goal of the game. You can see the has come on this roll of, you know, three, four, five, six goals in the second and third period. So I'm just saying the Avalanche, I think, to me, like, at, towards the end of the game, they're going to be grinding more than the other team, for sure. And they have more of a chance at the end of the day. It's how I feel about it, personally.
0: All right. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the second and the third seeds, which are Vegas Golden Knights versus <coughs> Minnesota Wild, which uh, I'm actually really intrigued by this uh, series. I'm really it's, intrigued.
1: You hear the stats behind it, and then just just see how both teams have played just against the abs as well. Well, it's mind blowing. Yeah, no.
0: It's mind blowing to look at how 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 much uh, fits the Minnesota Wild have, have given Vegas. They exactly like I mean. Uh, you look at yeah. You look at the uh, the records of you know Vegas against the Avs or Vegas against the Blues right now. You know it's it's relatively even. The Wilds had their number, man. Oh and, yeah. um The only thing, the only uh, the only difference is that you know. They've uh they don't have home ice, and Minnesota plays way better on home ice. They are not a road team. No, but Vegas Vegas plays great on home ice, and but ten. they can play away too though. Yeah, so
1: and they can take the home, they can take the away games easily. We've yeah, seen that.
0: so to me it it seems like you know. It's I, I, it's it's interesting. I don't know. I want to I want to get what you guys think real quick before I uh I, I fully lay I, all I lay it I'll all out. I'll go first on this one. Yeah, go for it.
1: But I feel that this is going to be like kind of like you know what your potential is against the regular season. Once again, playoff the regular season no mean shit. Playoffs is where it's at. But still, you know that you had their number throughout the whole regular season. But once again, you've got Vegas who's proficient at home and pretty proficient away so i mean really it's just going to be a game of chess for minnesota especially yeah because vegas can walk in and just take that series in five if they wanted to i guarantee you but if minnesota shows up like they have against us it i could see this being a six maybe seven game series they're going to battle.
0: Alright, so what's your final per, uh, final judgment? It's going to be a six. Six, eight, Vegas, or uh, mini.
1: God. That's the hard one, dude.
0: That's exactly what I'm saying. It's a very interesting series. It just
1: really depends on who shows up. I mean, if you got Vegas just coming in, just touting like they have, or then you have Minnesota that's, yeah, we're not good away, but now we need to show
0: up, and they Improve that game. Who, All right, uh, gun to your head. Who takes it in six? Minnesota. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. So I'm, I'm wrong. That is another really bold uh, predict. What Minnesota. you got there, Bryce? All right.
2: So if you think about this seductively and you look at this, seductively, huh? deductively, deductively, oh, said
0: deductively. Yes, I totally thought you and said deductively. So seductively. If, you, if you
2: look at you know the top two teams, the uh, ABS Vegas. I, I feel like at the end of the day, there's a top two teams. But if you look at what's happening right now with, you know, potentially, you know, with with the Wild. And, like, they are just one of those teams that, you know, without Parise, they're not doing their thing. I feel like Parise, has, he's lost a lot of tread his tires, per se. I think a lot of that team has. And so, they're to me, they've been struggling. And if, I feel like if you were to, like, look at them in the Blues, theoretically, I feel like the Blues would take him over. And so, at the end of the day, if we're I'm looking – I'm just saying theoretically. Oh, uh, Theoretically, so if I'm looking at Vegas and the Wild. I feel like the I feel like Vegas Golden Knights are just going to overtake in at least five games. Wow, my prediction is is, is, is prediction is five games. It's going to be the Vegas Golden, Golden Knights, and I think at the end of the day, it's just because you look at the tread and the tires of the Wild. They're not going to be. As, as threatening as they were the last three, two to three years, they just haven't been this year. The last year, yeah, this year they've had shining moments when they've kind of shine. But at the end of the day, I just really feel like it's you know it's going to be Vegas over the Knights in five games. I think they might, you know, Minnesota might have those times of shining where I, you know like I said, but I don't know. I, I feel like it's going to be Vegas in five games, and then at the end, at the end of it all, it's going to be Vegas and the Abs. I've got two huge
1: questions. Yeah. Cuz aren't they missing Martinez and a couple other key assets Martinez on the
0: just got shut down for a couple of games he'll, oh, be he did? Yeah, okay. he'll be back, yeah. I just didn't lineup. know about that yeah. one so. Yeah, yeah and Patrady should be uh oh, yeah. pr- pretty good to go yeah. for at least some of the playoffs, so.
1: Well, I'm just saying Martinez cuz if you're missing him on the back end, that's kind of huge. He's no, been well, stepping up immensely I mean, this year.
0: You're talking about yeah, you're talking about one of the backbones of the uh, D core. Mhm. I've got to, I've got two questions, uh, two like problems I'm gonna raise for Minnesota. Can Kirill Kaprizov continue what he's doing on a playoff game kind of stage? That's what As I'm a getting at. You will see. And same with uh, Capo uh, Kakinen. Yes. Can Kakinen step up on the play uh, uh, on a playoff scheme? and still make these saves, and can Cam Talbot, if he can't uh, come in, if Kakanen starts fucking off. Right. There's not enough veterans with the Wild, on don't think. The, uh, Well, it's that it's end. a mix, man, because, I mean, you've got veterans like Perese, Suter and uh, Zuccarello, and then you got young guns like Yoel, Erickson, Eck, uh, Jordan Greenway, and Kaprizov, so it's, it is a mix. But, um, to me, I mean... If the if the Minnesota uh, wild can play like they've been like the runs that they've got on this year yeah I can see it stretching out to seven but I mean with with seven games I mean just four games in general against uh Vegas right in a row every other day two two in the fortress obviously two back in Minnesota I just I I could see Vegas stealing all of those two games away. Because I, Vegas is just such mu- a much more complete game. I mean, they've got an incredible goalie tandem in Flurry and Leonard. Yep. Incredible decor. I mean, you've got Shea Theodore, uh, Alex Petrangelo, mm-hmm. Marcia Song. Uh, that he's not a, he's not a defenseman, but yeah, I know I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and and Alec Martinez. I mean, you've got I mean, even Nicholas Hag is a solid defenseman. Oh yeah, even a uh, younger. But then you look at you look at the the offense. I mean, you've got three Tuck. solid offensive lines that can that that can come at you no matter what.
1: Oh yeah, they can roll three yeah. lines Tucks all stone long. Uh, they got uh, I mean, Carlson. I
0: mean Riley Smith. Yeah, Wild Bill. I mean well, you, you you can name off the names, but I mean when you look at when when you look at Minnesota's offensive lineup, it is a little a little less experienced.
1: Yeah, lackluster. I
0: mean, not I wouldn't say lackluster because the things that they've done this year in, in the regular season has been great. I mean, right, Karel right. uh, Carroll fucking huge, gigantic. Oh, yeah. I mean, Calder called winner for sure, but. You know, sometimes these uh, these rookies can really shrink in uh, in the limelight. But uh, I mean, Kirill is older, so maybe that won't happen to him. I'm just saying it is a it is a possibility.
1: Yeah, uh, but yeah, going back to what I said, it just depends on which team shows up.
0: I uh, and, and and that one's a tough one. It's interesting. It's probably one of the toughest ones out of all these that that I've been looking at. I'm you know I'm gonna give. Uh, many the benefit of a doubt. I'm gonna say Vegas and seven. Right on. I'm gonna say Vegas and seven, and it's gonna and um, as long as Minnesota can step up and you know be that kind of you know just irritating
1: they, play that
0: they, yeah. they they know how to play. I mean they can stretch it till seven. They do that sludgy hockey
1: too. Yeah. They've got to mix a mix of high power yeah. offense, but they can shut you down in the neutral zone, and that's what's scary about them. If exactly. they turn it on. Oh, it's on, dude!
0: And they've got the uh, they've got speed to transition from sludgy hockey, right the, to uh, that quick finesse. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yeah, Vegas and seven.
1: All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll be the I'll be the lone gun.
0: All right. All right. So let's move on to the Mass Mutual <laughs> East. Mm-hmm. We have. Uh, if the playoffs were to start today, it would be Pittsburgh and the New York Islanders, and then Washington and Boston. This, I, just these matchups are very exciting. I am so I'm looking really forward to this. So I want to I want to talk. Let's talk about Pittsburgh and the Islanders first. Uh, who wants to go first?
1: I guess I will. But I mean.
0: Ugh. Just
1: depends. I mean, the Islanders are an on and off good team. They got trots as their coach, so they can have that tenacity and they can have that responsibility on the puck in itself, whenever they want to.
0: They are consistently responsible on the yeah. defense. I think what the big problem with the Islanders and has. Is actually scoring more goals on their yes. opponent.
1: Yes, and that's the thing. They have that puck possession, but they don't have like the Gensels and the Crosbys, and you know, they don't have the guys that can pull the trigger and just get a snapshot off real like quick.
0: true offensive guys. Yeah,
1: exactly. You know, you have your Anders Lees and your, yeah.
0: Which they will be without.
1: Yeah, so, so but it, you do have that, but you don't have that going into the playoffs.
0: And I mean, Paul, you know, bringing in uh, Paul Mary was supposed to, you know, add, add a little goal scoring. I haven't seen that from Paul Mary yet. So no. maybe, maybe he's saving it for the playoffs, but I mean, it's just, I, I don't see the New York Islanders outscoring Pittsburgh.
1: No, not at all. I feel Pittsburgh's going to take this series and they could take it to six. Max is what I'm thinking. Are
0: you saying Pittsburgh in six? Yeah. What do you think there, Bryce? I think Pittsburgh in five.
2: Really? Why is that? I think just at the end of the day, you have Sidney Crosby. Dude, he is determined. He's going to fucking do whatever you need to do to get you to a finals game. And if not, you have Malkin. So I'm wrestling that.
0: And you got Jake Gensel, and I mean, Jeff Carter's coming in. He yeah. just scored, a, he had, just had a four gold night. Yeah. So he's fitting in perfectly with. We're uh,
1: not even touching on that, but yeah, no, and, I'm saying.
0: And then all, yeah, then you also got Brian Rust, and then James McCann coming out of nowhere, having a great season as well. They're stacked. And so I see the avalanche, and <laughs> they're going to make it, I think. So a pen's in five, eh? I think pen's in five. I think. Uh, uh this may be lofty but i'm i might say pit and four wow i just i like i said i just do not see the islanders uh uh offensive was getting any better and especially against the um uh, like i mean let's let's face it i mean pittsburgh's been on fire the second half of this season i think let's hold each other accountable for these bets
2: (laughs) That thing we should have like a six pack bet on all these fucking Western conferences, anything. Sure, I'm down Western,
0: we're gonna go, we're gonna go East, we're gonna go
2: Canada, we're gonna do everything. Well, like, let's do it. yeah,
0: absolutely. Speaking of Canada, the Scotia North. If the playoffs were to start today, we've got Toronto going against Montreal. Oh, well,
1: we didn't get into Boston. Or-
0: oh, that's right. Uh, so, Boston and Washington. Yeah. I'm all, I'm like, oh, I'm so excited for these. I don't even remember. Yeah. The, uh, so, Boston and Washington. This one's an interesting one. This one's very interesting. Super high-powered offenses. I mean, Boston's been killing it ever since uh, Lazar, uh, Riley, and Hall joined the team at the trade deadline. And
1: then you also have the best percentage power play goal scoring as well with Boston.
0: And now their 5-on-5 goal scoring has been up since Hall has been on. uh, And I mean, David Krejci, he's looking like a youngster again with Hall on on his wing. So... Who wants to take this one down first? Oh, I'll say Boston, yeah. Boston in 5. Yeah. Boston in 5? Yeah. You I say same thing, Boston in 5. I I think this one's going to 7. I really think so. I mean, look, I mean, it's it's Washington.
2: You know. That's true.
0: I I it's it, this the caps, the uh, offensive power galore. I mean, OV Backstrom, Backstrom's had a whale of a season. That's not stopping anytime soon. TJ Oshi rocking worlds. What I love about it is it's like white collar versus blue collar. And like, you look at
2: the cities themselves. I love the rivalry that it brings into it. It's Boston versus Washington. Like, it's, I love the fact that it's fucking hardcore. We're going to be doing this. Like, it's, it's going to be a great series, dude. I think it's, I think maybe
0: a game seven. I really think it's going to come down to goaltending. I mean, you've got Ilya Samsonov Mm -hmm. and Vitek Vanacek, who's never sniffed in a playoffs. Except for last year, um, uh, Samsonov was backing up Holtby. Yeah. But I don't think he saw a game, not unless uh, he he got one of the uh, round robin games, which possibly he could have. But I, you know, you've got Tukarask and uh, Yaro Halak, and then with the emergence of Jeremy Swayman as well. I mean, you've got, that's a that's pretty solid three goaltenders there. Oh yeah. And I think if we learned anything, especially as Avalanche fans, that you need three goaltenders now yeah. to walk into a playoff series at, at any given moment.
1: Oh yeah, you know, especially after last season. Yeah,
0: and I mean that's the, uh, that that uh, and a lot of people, uh, a lot of GMs have been following that kind of rule now, so you don't, you can't just have two pretty solid attendees. You got to have that extra guy on the taxi squad to have to come in when you need to. Yeah. So I, I think it's gonna come down to goaltending. I mean Tuca I mean storied goaltender. Yaro, storied backup. Solid backup. And yeah. and I mean um Grislyk, uh on the back end with Kevin Miller and Brandon Kahlo. And I mean um the Charlie McAvoy they've been playing great. But then again, you look at you look at uh, the Caps' defense. I mean, John Carlson, give me a break. Yeah. Dimitri Orlov's had a bit of a bounce back here. So, and I mean, uh, with the addition of Brandon Dillon, yeah. he's been big. So it's going to come down to goaltending for me. And I'm going to say um, Boston is seven. All right. Now let's yeah. go on to the
1: Canadian yeah, series. Yes, the Scotia
0: North. Now, now we can get to it. Now <laughs> we can get to it. So, uh, so, yeah, if the playoffs were to start today, you've got Toronto versus uh, Montreal. And then you have Edmonton versus Winnipeg. Mm. So let's start with Toronto and Montreal. I um, This one's very interesting. Um, I mean, especially from last year with Montreal coming in and beating Pittsburgh right. in the playing round. Yeah. I mean, huge, and uh, they've only added better, uh, like a- added more talent. I mean, with Josh Anderson coming in, having a huge year for Montreal. I mean, uh, Jake Allen even backing up uh, Carey Price, which is, you know, that's where Jake Allen shines is when he's in the backup role, anyways. Yeah, you know, and I, I mean, obviously, you've got you've got the guys, you've got guys like Philippe Deneau, Phil, uh, uh added added short-handed goals, and uh, incredible PK. But then you've got Toronto, this gi- giant this year. I mean, Austin Matthews has just been railing it.
1: Not even that, as we've mentioned in the player spotlight. Yeah. Mitch Marner's Before has been mention me, shining.
2: I'll talk about Austin Matthews. Like, holy shit. Like, dude, every time you give him the buck, in the fucking center, he's killing it, dude. Like, half the time it's top shelf.
0: Uh, I mean, Austin Matthews is exactly what he's paid for, but I like what you're saying about Mitch Marner.
2: Yeah, but he was
1: just uh, his plus minus. He's defensively sound like on both like the offensive and defensive side of the puck. Like it's just nuts. Like you can't have Austin Matthews without Mitch Marner. Like that guy has been like a setup machine. This year, oh, like yeah. it's been nuts, just to watch him as we talked about growing that role, and just uh, becoming the player that Toronto and we all know that he is.
0: And then you, you bring in two, two, you know, two oldies, you know, uh, Joe S- no, Jumbo Spezza Joe, and, Joe. And, <laughs> and Wayne Simmons. That too, has been having an incredible year. I mean, it's and uh, that uh, bringing in Simmons and Jumbo Joe, you, you know, you've got that sandpaper, you've got that like veteran jam that you know you can kind of get into these younger guys heads and say hey take a minute to think about what we're doing here boys we're in the game you yeah. know yeah it's and a lot of that, you know, you, you can't get from young guys. I mean, there's you know there's random guys that are just you know built for that kind of thing, like your Landeskog's and you know and and your uh, Jonathan Taves and stuff. But I mean, as 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 the way I see it, Toronto's maybe not that like mine. Uh, not a lot of the players are that like level headed at times. Yeah. Uh, ju- I mean, just to, you know, like getting down three goals to none or whatever. You know, uh, when you got Jumbo Joe coming in and saying, you're like, boys, this game isn't over. No. It's huge.
1: Well, and then you also got uh, Tavares coming in, too, captaining the whole entire team. And I think that's taken a load off of, like, you know, your Mitch Marners and your Matthews and stuff, to not have to perform uh, or not perform as superstars, I guess, is not what I'm saying, but, like, try to overperform. Right. They don't have to, uh, like, expound their energy towards being that guy like they are they don't have to worry about wearing that captain c or anything like that they just got to play their game
0: well yeah and then you've got a supporting cast like zachary hyman and willie nylander i mean uh their defense have been looking better i mean tj brody he hasn't put up a lot of points but he's been solid on the back end Uh, Along, you know, uh, obviously along with Morgan Riley, he's been playing a pretty easy thing. The only thing, a pretty great game. Um, The only thing I'm worried about is can Freddie Anderson step into that Freddie Anderson back when he was just taking on the world?
1: Yeah, with the Ducks when they had the dual tandem with Gibson and and him. I don't know, Um, because you don't have that guy that is a stud like Gibson or is my buddy Dave Stubbs and I have talked about who could be that elite goaltender or who is in that aspect. Well, yeah. And have him backing you up or you backing him up and you're still an elite goaltender at the same time. Yeah. And one of you is shining now and the other one isn't. I I, I just, I don't know. He needs to find his A game here short and quick.
0: And I mean, don't I don't forget about Jack Campbell. I mean, he, what a great story for him. You know, right. going... 10, Ten of his first starts winning them all. You know yeah. that's huge, but I mean, can can he keep keep it up in the playoffs? That's what,
1: yeah, I get what you're you're saying. And
0: then their third jersey uh, jersey, their third bully <laughs> is David Riddick, and yeah. Riddick has not looked good in a Toronto Maple Leafs uniform. No, he's uh,
1: he's been shaky, very yeah. shaky.
0: All right, so what do we got? Uh, games wise, Toronto, Montreal.
1: Now we've got, Wannapig and Edmonton.
0: Let me get let me get your games predictions though with the Toronto and Montreal. Oh, Toronto,
1: Montreal. I'm saying Toronto probably in six. Um, just seeing just how wishy-washy Montreal has been. Yeah, Like, they could show up for a few games. I'm not... Yeah. Depends on what supporting cast that they have. If DeFoli catches fire or somebody Which else. Is, yeah.
0: He's been a great story. And, I mean, Brendan Gallagher is expected to be back. And, I mean, we all know what Brendan Gallagher adds to yeah. the lineup. And,
1: I mean, it depends on if Shea Weber and the de- defense turns it up, too. Right. So, yeah.
0: All right. Bryce, what do you think?
2: Uh, I think it's going to be... Uh
0: Montreal in about five games Montreal in five, that's interesting yes. Alright, I'm gonna say i You know, honestly I would like to say is gonna make it out of this first round But I mean, Toronto's just been Out, out, out of control So I'm gonna say Toronto in five Right on Alright, so Winnipeg and Edmonton Yes uh, I'm already gonna say it uh, Edmonton <laughs> in four Yeah, yeah me in too four.
2: I think four games sweep Edmonton.
0: Absolutely, I mean let's, I mean Mick Jesus, he does his thing, I mean you've got you've got got help with dry side, all Kayler Yamamoto's playing great, I mean the Nuge has his moments It's like, do we have to break it down? (laughs) Right, yeah, and and, I mean uh, Barry's been playing great, I can't believe I'm even saying this, because I am just like
1: I was about to be like, what the hell
0: Yeah, but yeah, I'm Edmonton and four.
1: Yeah, I would say definitely this would be probably the first sweep that we'd see would be Edmonton and four. Yeah. Like a definite sweep that I would be saying because Dreisaitl, if it, yeah, McJesus gets a shot on that. If it's a nice, decent rebound, Dreisaitl's right behind him. He's putting it right in the net. So, yeah, you've got a lot, a lot of offensive weapons. And then you bring up Yamamoto, and he has just been stellar. Yeah. Just
2: stepping up. What I do love is the idea of maybe, just maybe, like a Western Conference or American team going all out seven games to the Canadian Conference.
0: Like, that would be so cool. You know, we'll probably see that with the West and the North because I'm sure the uh, Central and the East will be playing against each other. I, don't I wouldn't
2: be surprised if it's Avs and Edmonton.
0: Like, I would not that be surprised. Would be, I would love to see that series. That would be interesting. Yeah, or, you know, maybe uh, Vegas-Edmonton. Uh, I mean, it, it I think it'd be great. I honestly I don't see the Canadian teams coming out of like the uh the conference finals just because I mean um I mean I'm I'm going to say it. people get mad at me but I just don't think there's any defense in the north. No. I I hate see how yeah. how
1: yeah. many high scoring games that they've had. There's it's slim to none.
0: I mean, granted granted it has calmed down a bit, but Still, all in all, I just, uh, you know, defense is so much tighter in, like, the Central yeah. and the West. I mean, even the East. Speaking of the Central, let's get this going. All right, so if they would start today, it'd be Carolina Hurricanes and the Nashville Predators. And oh. Florida versus Tampa Bay. An all-Florida no. <laughs> series. So let's start with Carolina and Nashville. I'm also going to say Carolina sweeps this. Yes. I think Nashville really got lucky with the uh, with the conference that they they were in this year. Yeah. I mean, uh, all the problems that Dallas has had. I mean, it uh, it's just been it shows. Yeah. Oh. And I mean, Chicago obviously is still not at that spot to make it into the playoffs. Obviously. And I mean, you've also got Detroit, which is total rebuild factory. Mm-hmm. You know. And yeah. I mean, just like how we were talking about in the player spot, like, Carolina is doing everything right right now. Oh, yeah. And I no, don't see that yeah. ending very I soon. I can
2: see it. Carolina 4.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think? agree. Yeah. I will. This would be the other one Especially that we Aho, agree with. Aho
0: has just been, holy moly. I mean, everybody, everybody that's has well, been well, playing for like You
1: got a Hamilton and not even to mention, what is it, Pika? Uh, uh yeah that and, new that the newer defense guy that they got i mean he's been playing stellar i mean jacob a, slavin slavin our boy slavin yeah but yeah there you go du alum <laughs> Yep. yeah oh, oh cc alum my bad yeah. alma mater but uh yeah it's just nuts to just see that team just flourishing like they are
0: and i mean i mean uh peter murazic and uh andre didolkovich
1: that's probably Huge. the best one two goaltending tandem that you can have in that division
0: other than yeah other than vegas yeah. i mean that's probably yeah well
1: that well, I'm just, that's what i'm saying just in that division, that yeah. division yeah, yeah, yeah
0: absolutely all right let's talk about uh florida and tampa bay and i think we can round this one off here um what do you guys think here God. tampa bay tampa i think tampa
2: is gonna come back with a vengeance I mean, they're like, "Hey, we're big dogs. We were the big dogs. We are gonna come back, and we're gonna fucking stomp it is what I think they're gonna try to do.
0: I mean, look at last year. You can't sleep on Tampa. No, no doubt about that. You can't sleep on Tampa. Um,
1: My thing is, is if Florida keeps on firing on all cylinders and Hornqvist and all those guys like are. (laughs) Yeah, Verhage, Verhage, uh, Verhage. You got Burakov, or not Verikovsky? Uh, Barkov. Sasha Barca. Yeah, I mean,
0: and he's been having an insane year as well. And then you all, you've got, you got Jonathan. Bob. Yeah. Well, see, that's that's the problem I've got with uh, Florida is Bob. Yeah. I I mean I mean you like at the beginning of this season he was not playing well. No. He, he had to bring Dreidger. And to and you've brought Spencer Knight in to show him a thing or two, yeah. you know Spencer Knight, eighteen, like what twenty year old goaltender, goal and he's playing uh, more important games than Bob right now. That's
1: what I'm saying. You, you know. have Bob, yeah. so I mean that depends on what the hell they've got with their goaltending.
0: I, yeah, I think it's going to come down to goaltending as well. But I'm going to say um this one's going to seven. This yeah. one's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, uh, I really think so. I mean, it's well, it's you know the Florida. The Florida uh, battle, the battle of the Sunshine the State. The the Floridians. The Floridians. Uh, I mean, and
2: Floridians. The,
0: and I tell you what, man, I've, Flo- Florida's been playing really well this uh, oh, yeah. like you yeah. know. After like the first month of the season, they they've been solid. I mean, you, what Quinville's done down there is just incredible. You oh, know, yeah. especially coming back from last year, like not even making the playing rounds. Yeah. So,
1: and I think that that's another key asset that they've gained over this last season is you got Quinns. Yeah, you got absolutely. John. You got you got
0: Joey Q. Oh yeah. So I, I in in this case, you know what. You know, fuck it. I'm gonna say Florida in seven.
1: Yeah, it's been a while since we've seen him continue. I'm gonna say Florida in seven
0: too. Well, holy shit, man! It could be a re- uh, redo of uh, the 1995, 96. Oh, yeah, well, uh, that's fine. Florida and ABS in the uh, finals—that'd be interesting. Right. All right. Well, uh, for now, I mean, that, I think that's really all we can kind of look at. Yeah. You know. Um. But yeah. Uh. We'll 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 keep you updated and. By the way, I just want to say a huge cra- congratulations to Martin Richardson for making it to the semifinalist of yes. the, uh, the Willie O'Ree Community Awards. So yep. I'm not sure when um, the next uh, the next finalists are going to come out, but...
1: I think they're tallying him up
0: right now, so... Um, so, I mean, I guess, well, you, you never know. So well, I just want to say a huge congrats to Cappy and... Um, Thank you to all our listeners. Thank you to everyone who sticks around and listens to um, all this garbage coming out of our mouth every, every week. So like us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Um, uh, hit us. Uh, get our um, get our podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, CastBox, Breaker, Verbal, Pocket Casts, and YouTube. Okay. So until next time, Ah, des- mm,
1: let's try the damn thing, see what happens.